You're listening to Liberty USA, sponsored by County Citizens Defending Freedom. As an American, you have freedom flowing through your DNA, and we are here to help educate, empower, and encourage you to stand for your freedom. Welcome to Liberty USA. I'm your host, Lindsay, and today we have America's Constitution coach Rick Green calling in. He's an author and executive producer of Constitution Alive and founder of Patriot Academy. With these platforms, he travels nationwide educating Americans about the secret of our national success and the need to teach the principles of freedom to America. Rick, welcome to Liberty USA. My pleasure. Good to be with you. Hey, I know you're a busy man, so thanks for putting us on your schedule. No, I'm honored. I love what y'all are doing and just uh, thrilled to be teaming up with you and working to educate folks on these timeless principles of liberty. Right. So you are calling in from Texas, correct? Of course. The great state of Tom. I, I am often outside of the great state of Texas, and I try to be here in the great state of Texas as much as possible. Right. And we are in Florida. So Florida and Texas together, the best states. <laughs> I totally agree. You guys are actually doing better than us. That's hard for Texans to admit. Okay, so we're, I know people think we're obnoxious. We tend to think there's only two kinds of people, Texans, and those that want to be Texans, but it's actually the other way around now. It's Floridian, and those that want to be Floridians. Y'all are way ahead of us even in Texas, so congrats on that. Very much thanks to your great governor there. Right, I'd have to agree. But uh, going back, let's talk about Patriot Academy. Can you give our listeners your background and why you decided decided to start Patriot Academy? You know, we, we started it, my wife and I began it uh, back when I was in the legislature. I was a state rep 20 years ago here in Texas and, and grew frustrated with the system very quickly, uh, just realizing that, that most people in elected office, at least that I experienced back then, were more about the shrimp and caviar and the receptions and enjoying the perks of office than they were about defending the principles of liberty and, in fact, didn't even know the basic principles of liberty. There wasn't a set of uh, core convictions that they governed by. It was just finger to the wind, whatever was popular, and that, that really turned us off opposite of what we were hoping would happen when we got into the legislature. And so we started Patriot Academy to renew the principles, to, to, to raise up a generation that would have a biblical foundation that would understand what made America great in the first place, that, that would have a principles of liberty foundation, and then would be effective at leading, good at communicating those principles, good at governing on those principles, and the backbone to stand, what, even if they were by themselves, to stand against this onslaught of Marxism that, that we now see uh, really in every area of the culture. We saw it back then when we started this, and, and that was part of our frustration, was trying to bring attention to the Marxism that was infiltrating the education system and Republican and Democrat alike didn't want to hear it, didn't want anything to do with it, um, and and basically mocked me for, for passing legislation requiring the Constitution and the Declaration to be studied by every kid in Texas as they were going through the education system. And then we got a lot of, um, you know, kind of cut our teeth on the, on the vaccine issue back then, 20 years ago, when we were trying to make sure that parents had a choice in vaccines and weren't forced to do uh, government mandates even back then. And uh, we just realized, you know, man, there's a there's a need for people to understand parental rights, understand authority and, and jurisdiction, what's the government supposed to do, what's it not supposed to do. And that's the be- that was the beginning of Patriot Academy way back then, two decades ago. And what kind of courses do you offer through Patriot Academy? We started with just youth leadership. So when we initially began, we, we, we hosted a once a year program at the state capitol where we would bring in 16 to 25-year-olds, they would live the life of a legislator for the week, so they would actually live out a legislative process, passing a bill, you know, in, in, 
committee, on the floor, debating those things, and then at the same time teaching them speaking skills, media skills, how do you run a campaign, uh, constitution classes, all of those things really, you know, baptism by fire, if you will. I mean, it was, it, it, it's an intense week. And so for a long time, really the first decade, that's all we did was the youth leadership. And then we started doing the constitution classes for everyone. And once we started our constitution coach program, it, it just exploded. I mean, not only were we teaching these young people in state capitals across the country, but now we had these local constitution classes happening in living rooms and churches and libraries. I mean, you name it all over the nation. Now we've got 11,000 coaches that are teaching these classes. So we do youth leadership. We do constitution training. We have another one called constitutional defense, which is a combination of handgun training and constitution training. So during the day, you learn how to properly handle your firearm and defend yourself and your family instead of carrying without any training, which I don't recommend. I recommend everybody gets training. But then in the evening, we do constitution training so that you really understand the Second Amendment, you understand the rest of the Constitution, and, uh, and have that intellectual ammunition, if you will, in addition to that physical training. So those are kind of our, our main programs. We also do training for candidates. We have something called Campaign Coach. That's an online program that really helps a school board candidate or a city council candidate, folks that are running at the local level, to, to really be light years ahead of most of their opposition because we take you through all of this fantastic camp, you know, campaign training. You really know what you're doing when you hit the ground running. Wow. I know we've talked about this before, but your courses are actually on my bucket list for one day. But um, I, I want to ask you, when did you see a shift in the education system while educating Americans on the Constitution? Well, a huge shift in the last two years. I, I mean, I've, I've been doing this 30 years. I was doing it really in bits and pieces 10 years before we even started the academy. But I, I, I have always run into this situation where, you know, there's a few people that really respond to what we talk about and, and they're really interested in the Constitution and how to save America. They, they've been able to see the, the danger of where we're headed and why we needed to change it. But honestly, most people, eyes glazed over. You know, they're, they're too busy enjoying the blessings of liberty to actually understand the burden that comes with that. And they're, they're too busy, you know, doing the things we love, you know, starting a business or running a business, raising their family, coaching Little League, all those things that, that, that we love and, and that are why we have freedom. So it, it, as they were doing all those things, they didn't really notice the infringement upon those things. They, did, they didn't notice because it wasn't necessarily their backyard or their particular business that was being attacked by government. And then all of a sudden, two years ago with COVID, it was like a wake-up call. All of a sudden, you had government get so far out of its lane to where it was micromanaging everyone's lives. I mean, telling you whether or not you could go to work, telling you what your healthcare decisions were going to be, forcing you to get, you know, experimental vaccines. I mean, all these things were happening, and people were going, wait a minute, government can make me, you know, can, can, can violate my bodily integrity and, 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 and inhibit my breathing, can make me wear a mask outside. I mean, all these things were happening. And it just, I'm telling you, it was an awakening across the country. And in the last two years, I have seen this major shift. People are hungry to know what is the proper role of government? What is my job as a citizen? And how do I get government back in its proper lane? And those are really good questions to be asking. And those are questions we have answers to. And I, I really think it's a, for such a time as this moment where God prepared us over those last two couple of decades to be prepared to answer those questions and to equip people so that they can actually make a difference and help us save liberty. I would have to agree with you on that one. When I heard you speak previously, you had mentioned some statistics. One of them was 37% of people cannot name a single freedom out of the First Amendment. 
Well, and I got to admit, Lindsay, I couldn't do that either. Uh, I was, you know, look, I was a law school grad, uh, a legislator, someone that, that should have known this stuff, that should have been able to spout this stuff. And, and I was actually sitting in my Capitol office back in, in 2000. And I saw this poll, and, and back then in Texas, that, that 37% number is a national number, I think, from a year ago or two years ago. And, and 20 years ago in Texas, this is awful, I hate to admit this as a Texan, 50% of Texans could not name a single freedom out of the First Amendment, and 95% of Texans could not name two freedoms out of the First Amendment. And so I'm sitting there, I'm reading that, and I'm getting self-righteous and angry, and then I go, um, hmm. I can't name them either. <laughs> That's kind of embarrassing. So I realized, I mean, here I am, a lawyer, a political junkie. I'm living this stuff, and I don't know the five freedoms out of the First Amendment. And that's kind of where my passion really got into the whole education part of this this, this formula. And so that's why we teach those things now. And it's, it, it's fun at the Constitution classes. I'll often just start with that and see who can name them. And there's always some homeschool kid now that can name them. That's impressive. But um, but most people just don't know these things. And it's, it's just the failure of the education system. It's why... I'm so thankful for school choice growing across the country. I think the more kids we can get out of the public school system and into private schools or homeschooling, the better off they're going to be and the better off the public school is going to be because now they got to compete for those dollars. But that's, that's a whole another, uh, another topic for another day. Um, but it, this is absolutely necessary. You cannot have a republic that, that functions um, as it's designed if you don't have an informed citizenry. And, in fact, virtually every state constitution in the country when you get to the public school part of that constitution, that's the reason for public schools is to have an informed citizenry, meaning your education system should be teaching the kids what is a constitutional republic, how does it work, and what is your job as a citizen. And we stopped doing that years ago. It's time to restore that and make sure that we're teaching these things. It's absolutely necessary if we want to restore the republic. Mm-hmm. Without a true understanding of the constitution, how do you feel this poses a threat to the future generations? Well, it's the whole reason that, that people have fallen for the rhetoric of the politicians that want to make us a socialist country, the socialist states um, uh, of America, as, as Dinesh D'Souza says it in his book. Uh, it's the reason people have fallen for this, because if you, don't, if you don't have truth, if you don't know how the system's supposed to work, you don't have a plumb line to measure everything against. So then some politician comes along and says, hey, I think the government should take care of your health care. I think the government should take care of your, of your wages. We should have a universal um, you know, uh, uh, minimum wage, and we should have a universal living uh, uh, wage, and all these things that they do that are absolutely against the Constitution. But if you don't know the Constitution, you don't know better. Or when a congressman comes along and says, you know, I, I'm going to make sure that, that we get an extra, you know, billion dollars for the public school system here in our state. Well, there's nowhere in the United States Constitution that, that authorizes any federal involvement in education. That is a state issue. But now for 60 years, we've allowed the federal government to slowly but surely take over the education system, even though we never gave them permission to do that under the Constitution. Why do we allow that to happen? Because we didn't know that they have no authority there. So we didn't know to stand up and say, no, that's a bad idea. We shouldn't allow that to happen. So it's vital to saving the country. And honestly, Lindsay, I think we're going to tear ourselves apart if we don't get back to the Constitution. I mean, we're, we're trying to make everyone in the country the same. And so if the Democrats take over in Washington, especially with this left-wing San Francisco cabal in charge of the Democrat Party, then they try to make everybody in America fall in love with Marxism and, and, and socialism. And so instead of, instead of San Francisco being allowed to do that, but then in Texas and Florida, like you said earlier, us being allowed to be free, and if, if other states want to be less than free, that's their decision. Instead of having that kind of federalism where each state can decide on its own, 
they're trying to make they're trying to use the federal government to make everyone the same. And Republicans do it too. So then when Republicans get in office, too often they don't understand federalism and they try to make all the states like they want it to be. Well that's that's a bad system. That's not what our founding fathers gave us. If we'll come back to the actual constitution, we can keep this country together. But if we don't come back to the constitution, I'm afraid we're headed to either civil war or just a complete separation where all the states are going to say, forget it. We don't even want a federal government anymore, which is honestly makes it very difficult for us to deal with an international landscape with China and everything else. So I, I, I don't I don't mean this is not exaggeration. When I, when I say if we don't restore the Constitution, we're going to lose our country completely uh, and potentially end up in a civil war. It's that important for us. Mm-hmm. Thank you for that. Since you brought up socialism, could you give a quick definition of socialism for our listeners? Yeah, I think the you know the basic idea that that there are no individual rights, there are only group rights. That 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 everyone must be made equal by the government, and what that means is equal misery because you can't possibly lift everyone up to the top. You have to bring everyone down to the bottom. And and, and it, you might like this at our at our Patriot Academy youth programs at the capitals across the country, by the end of the week, you will hear, if, if somebody utters the word socialism, the entire student body will yell out, is bad, very, very bad, <laughs> because we're trying to make sure they don't buy the lies that the left has been saying, oh, socialism just means you're taking care of grandma down the street, or you're, or you're making sure that, that so-and-so um, you know, has, their, uh, has a place to live, and that you don't have this, or you don't have that. And they have no idea that socialism has failed every time it's ever been tried, uh, that it creates misery, it destroys countries. Just look at Venezuela, and you see the destruction of what was a wealthy, wealthy country. Um, it never, ever, ever works. We should always err on the side of freedom, and that means coming back to capitalism and a constitutional republic, not democracy. The founders didn't like democracy. They called it mobocracy. They believed in a constitutional republic. It's absolutely essential that you have a written constitution that limits what the politicians can do. So even if you elect what you think are good people, they still need to be limited by the document that we the people say is the, is the power that we're loaning to them. And that's what we call the bucket of limited powers uh, loaned to the government. Not given to the government, but loaned to the government by we the people. I think socialism keeps being marketed and branded in different ways so that it it looks different, which is scary that, you know, some people in my generation can buy can buy into that. Let's talk a little bit about Christians and the church. What do you feel Christians and the church need to hear and do during these tough times? Well, in fact, it uh, goes back to your previous question. Christians need to understand the evil the anti-biblical nature of socialism. Too often uh, you have these leftists that have infiltrated the church and tried to act like Christianity is socialism. Uh, they, they, they completely um, uh, distort the stories in the New Testament. They completely distort the New Testament church and make it sound like a socialist uh, utopia uh, where people were you know, um, uh, you know, giving up everything individually because government told them to. No, that's not at all. Some of them volunteered to give up what they had. Some of them uh, gave up less than what they had and lied about it, and were told by the disciples, it's not the fact that you kept some of what uh, you was yours. That was yours to give or not give. It's that you lied about it. And so they take those stories and they distort them, and they make you think that if you truly love Christ, you'll be a socialist. Well, the exact opposite is true. If you look at the parables of Christ, he was absolutely a capitalist. He was absolutely against a minimum wage. He, you know, he told all these stories that, that taught us that there's personal responsibility. 
that you have a duty and responsibility to do the best you can with what you have, where you are, um, that you have a responsibility to do your work even when you don't enjoy it, even when you're tired. All of those things are capitalist free enterprise principles that made our nation incredibly successful, and they came directly from the Bible. In fact, the Pilgrim's reading of the Geneva Bible is what uh, caused uh, Bradford to implement uh, finally, private property and free enterprise instead of socialism. They tried socialism at the beginning, and he said it failed miserably. People faked being sick. They wouldn't work. Uh, it just was an absolute nightmare. But when they came back to the principles of, of liberty and, and, uh, and free enterprise and private property, within two years, instead of starving to death, they were exporting corn to the world. So we've seen these examples throughout history, but biblically we need to understand the truth about the principles of liberty and why socialism is actually an evil that the Bible does not support. Uh, but I hear that all the time. You know, Jesus would have been a socialist. <laughs> I don't know what Jesus you're talking to uh, or who you're listening to, but if you read the New Testament, he was absolutely the opposite of a socialist, and Christians need to understand that. Mm-hmm. And, 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 oh, by the way, I'll say this, Lindsay, too, on the on the socialism side of things. People will all often say we need to use government to take care of the poor because Jesus said to take care of the poor. Jesus never said for government to take care of the poor. He said for us to take care of the poor. Individuals and the church, we're supposed to take care of the poor. And just to give you, a, you know, an example of this, God's ways are not only right, they work best. When you use government to take care of the poor, only about 30%, three out of every 10 cents, gets to the person in need. When you let the church, philanthropy, private organizations, nonprofits, when you let them take care of the poor the way that Jesus said to do it, then, then twice as much, six cents out of every dollar, uh, or 60 cents, I'm sorry, out of every dollar, gets to the person in need. Of course, you've got to cover some overhead, but government is inefficient. It fails miserably at what it does. It should only do those things that only government can do and that we tell it to do, uh, not all of these things that we should be doing individually and as the church. Mm-hmm. I know you touched on this a little bit previously about how the government has overstepped their boundaries the past two years. Can you go into exactly how the censorship and and other areas that the government has overstepped is unconstitutional. Oh boy, we could do an all day thing here, but uh, then there's so many examples of where it's outside its boundaries, but specifically to the censorship that, that you mentioned, we've got this, this terrible collusion between big tech and government to violate people's ability to even communicate. And, and I know there are some who are listening who are going to are say, well, wait a minute, free speech is only an issue for keeping the government from silencing you, not a private business. That's true. But the problem is private business is colluding with government, and you have the White House telling big tech who to silence and who not to silence. That is a horrible, horrible violation of our constitutional free speech. And then we have the whole issue of big tech becoming essentially utilities and monopolies on utilities. And what I always use as the analogy here is, is if you were, even right now, as we're over the phone doing this interview, if the phone company was listening to our interview, and came on and said, you know what, we don't like what Rick Green's saying, so we are disconnecting your conversation and we're banning you from having a telephone. Everybody would say, absolutely not. That would be unconstitutional. That would be a violation. You can't do that. Well, that's exactly what Facebook and Twitter and all these big tech companies are doing. They have become the utilities of the day. They're listening in on the conversation, and they're disconnecting the phone line or the the lifeline or the platform uh, that people have spent years and sometimes hundreds of thousands or millions of dollars to build their their uh, platform and their audience, and now they're coming in and disconnecting it because they disagree with what they're saying. It's not that what they're saying is false or misleading or dangerous or any of those things. It's simply that they disagree with it. They label it as dangerous rhetoric or they label it as 
um, misinformation or whatever it might be. Well, who gets to decide what is misinformation? I would argue that the CDC and the FDA and all these um, unconstitutional federal agencies have been giving mis- misinformation to the American people. The president of the United States has been giving misinformation mm-hmm. to the American people. And according to the experts like Dr. Peter McCullough, upwards of 500,000 people died that would not have died if there hadn't been the misinformation from the government. If we had talked about the treatments, if we had talked about the things uh, about how to, how to actually beat COVID instead of the political science that these folks have been following, we could have saved lives. That's actual misinformation. So when they control the narrative and you don't have debate, not only do you kill free speech, you kill people. And that's what's happened by not allowing us to have a robust debate about treatments and healthcare and how different people respond differently to these things. If we'd allow for free speech through this whole thing, we would have saved so many lives. But instead, we only allowed this, this Marxist idea that the government is right and we must listen to the government and not allow anyone to dissent or question what they're saying. That is a horrible path that we've been going down. And the only way to come back is to go back to the principles of liberty, study the Constitution, study what works and what doesn't work, and then stand and fight for liberty. Mm-hmm. Well, I know some of our listeners, after hearing all your information, will be very interested in Patriot Academy. How would someone go about enrolling? Very easy. PatriotAcademy.com is our main website. That's where you can get to any and all of our different programs. Our youth leadership programs are filling up right now all across the country. We'll be in different state capitals around the nation, all those dates are on the website, patriotacademy.com, our constitutional defense course. If you want to come through one of those, you can learn more at that website. And then the constitution classes themselves, uh, there's so many great ways to do this. Uh, and, you know, we really encourage people to become coaches, to host the class in their homes, in their living rooms, in their churches, wherever um, you can get people together to actually sit down and, and, and share these things. Because there's something about the fellowship that happens uh, during, those, during those classes. And so one of the cool things we're doing is partnering with County Citizens Defending Freedom so that your folks across these counties, across the nation, can host the classes themselves. And by the way, this is the good news, Lindsay, it's all free. So when you take one of our Constitution classes, it's entirely free. We want you to be able to get that information and get with your friends and family and take those classes. So you can go to CCDF and find out more. Uh, And and your website, CCDF USA, would be a great place to go to find out more or just go straight to patriotacademy.com. But we're so excited in teaming up with you. And, and getting this information in people's hands because it's going to spur them to action. When they get entertained, educated, and empowered all at the same time, that creates inspiration, and they will go take action. Yeah, so it is with great excitement that we would like to announce to our listeners that County Citizens Defending Freedom has decided to partner with Patriot Academy. With this partnership, we are committed to use all CCDF USA's platforms to educate citizens on the constitutional foundations which guarantee their God-given freedoms. Rick, we're so excited for what's to come for Patriot Academy. Thank you for joining us today. Glad to be with you and looking forward to working with you. God bless. I know our listeners are thankful for your work and learn something from this episode. If you like this podcast, be sure to subscribe and leave us five stars on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or whatever platform you're on. Remember, freedom is in your DNA.